Welcome back to a severe case of indecision or a completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Sound Audits. How are we doing today, Tyler? Great. Really excited to talk about his album. Hell. Hell yeah. Alright. You go ahead and you explain what's happening with this album because you're the one who suggested it to me. Off of the weirdest recommendation that I've ever heard, apparently. Why is that? Your mother apparently told you about this album. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Miss Jen. Probably doesn't listen to this album or listen to this podcast. She listened to the album, obviously. Or actually, no, you said she she saw them at, where was it? Where where did she see them? Carol Arts Center. Carol Arts Center? Yeah. They're that small. Wow. That's kind of rude. What? What? I mean, like, they're playing the Carol, like, that's just such a chill thing to do. I don't. Is that like a wrong thing to say? No. Like Carroll Art Center is not a big venue. For those of you who don't live in Maryland, the Carroll Art Center is this little building in Westminster, which is like this cramped little town that it's we live so in. It's so cool though. And but but the it has this like little theater in the back that seats like a hundred people at the most. All right, so a little uh, little info here. Frank Sullivan is an American mandolinist, recording artist, composer, and leader of the progressive bluegrass band Dirty Kitchen. We haven't really talked about much bluegrass at all in this podcast, so this is certainly going to be a, a first for this, me. This is going to be a, a different thing. I going mean, we've on today. I've listened. To, we've well, we both listened to bluegrass before. I mean, June and the Lions, oh, yeah. bluegrass band, and so are some other people. Like, they're they're a very uh they're teetering on the edge of pop not being bluegrass yeah, they're like fucking pretty sucks. close they were on their album uh, kids these days but since then they have grown into something a little more mainstream yeah yeah call we'll it that. that i still love it though i still love it i like their latest single that they dropped anyway keep going we were talking about this is this album by the way it's called if you can't stand the heat by Frank Sullivan and Dirty Kitchen. And this was released when? This was released January 25th of 2019. Okay, so it's relative it's pretty fucking new. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I just want to say before I go further with okay. any like biography bi- biographical information. That's not a word, is it? Biograph I mean it kind of sounds sounds kind of right. <laughs> Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah, Keep biographical going. information. No, but before we go any further, I just want to say that Dirty Kitchen will be playing at the Avalon Theater in Eastern Maryland, and I am going to try my absolute hardest to be there because I, am, I will be there. I am a huge fan. Yeah, Ian and I are going to go to that show. So. Yeah. Super pumped. Meet, meet up with us there because I wasn't able to go to the 21 Pilots concert, so I wasn't able to get recognized. I remember that joke. Come out to the show so you can take pictures with us and make us feel better about ourselves, please. So Frank anyway. Sullivan grew up in California. Uh, it says California, really? Yeah, it says that his grandmother on his father's Jesus. side played mandolin and fiddle. Uh, his father plays the banjo, guitar, bass, and mandolin. So he certainly comes from a a, a bluegrassy background, bluegrassy family. <clears throat> and, uh, certainly shows in the music because... I mean, it's bluegrass music. This guy has got to live and breathe bluegrass, and he should because he is incredibly talented, and the entire band is incredibly, incredibly talented. talented. 
out of all of the guitar that I have listened to in recent times, I think that this album has some of the most technical and impressive guitar. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Like, I want to I want to talk about it in the in the in the next section because that's, that's absolutely one of my absurd. Things. I was so impressed. The fuck. Never mind. Um. So this album is ten tracks long. Forty minutes is actually a reasonable length. Um, and there is one song on here that stood out to me because I was like, ha, huh, ha, huh, that's, um, not an original song. They actually did, they added a cover on here. It's a cover of a Steely Dan song called Ricky Don't Lose That Number, which I will again talk about in the next section. Um, but what other, I, is there anything really else to say about this band? Like, is there any information on the Dirty Kitchen itself? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Frank Sullivan was in the Navy for a bit. Thank you for your service. You're awesome. Yes. Um, he, uh, after, after though, he decided to form his own band. Uh, the current lineup for Dirty Kitchen is Mike Munford on banjo, Chris Luquette on guitar, and Jeremy Middleton on bass. And then, of course, Frank Sullivan. Hmm. Yeah, you can follow them at... I forget what their Instagram handle is, but I think it's find l- it. just the Dirty Kitchen or something like that. I started following them. Let me see. I know Frank Sullivan. It's has his, it's, it's FSDK F- Band yeah. uh, on Instagram. They have 636 followers as of right now. I hope that everybody that listens to this episode goes and gives them a follow because they are incredible. They seriously have some really impressive music and. You know, with 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 the genre, that's it's I have, kind of an older have, genre. It's an older. I have taste. mixed emotions with bluegrass because when I listen to bluegrass, I'm like, all right, I've heard this before. This has been done before. You know, it's very hard to stand out. And it's kind of like gospel music or country music, where it's all in the same vein of stuff, and it all right. has similar patterns. You're like, and all right, like I've that. heard the chord progression. I've heard that. You know, and this this isn't the case. This is fresh. This is new, and yeah. it's really exciting. With and at least most of the material for someone right. who's not into bluegrass this can be your stepping stone into getting into a new genre new type of music because this is just just yeah good honestly this, this would be so a wholesome. good if you're not if you're not a bluegrass fan but you are a metal fan uh i would recommend this album and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk a little bit about why i say that because I'm so excited. Can we just get into the next section, please? I really want to talk about this, the music on this record. Like, I'm I'm super excited. I'm so pumped. Please. Okay. All right, sick. We'll see you in the next section. We're here backstage at the Gettysburg Bluegrass Festival with Chris Luquette. And Chris, you're here with Frank Sullivan today. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you've got a busy week coming up. Sure do. Yeah, playing uh, Gettysburg today with Frank at Dirty Kitchen. Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'll be playing Gettysburg as well with uh, Tim Finch and uh, his wife Savannah and the Eastman String Band. They do some really cool original music. And then uh, after that show is done, driving out to Cumberland, Maryland, and start teaching at the Adelfest Academy uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. Uh, and then as soon as that's done, Thursday, fly out of Washington, D.C., all the way to Anchorage, Alaska, and then boom, boom, boom. Gigs next weekend in Anchorage area, so busy. Yeah, it's one word. <laughs> now, but in addition to playing with Frank, you play a, a, a lot by yourself and with some other people. But tell us a little bit about your own stuff and what you have going on. 
Yeah, I mean, I started kind of a, a new project. Um, and I haven't been doing too much with it just because I've been so busy. Um, but I have a solo record that I, I recorded uh, about a year and a half ago, in late 2016. Uh, and it's been a big process to try and get that out just because I've been so busy traveling and playing so much. Um, but as I get openings, you know, I try and do some of those gigs. We just did a couple of shows, one in uh, Northern Virginia and D.C. and then New York City uh, with some pals that I know from New York City. Um, but probably won't be again until the fall till I can do that just because so much has been going on. Um, and in addition to Frank and the band and actually doing some stuff this summer as well with Tim Finch, uh, an Eastman string band, uh, also been playing with Gina Close a lot lately. Uh, she's a great banjo player from the Winchester, Virginia area. Uh, and so we've got a couple of shows coming up in June this year. So lots going on. <laughs> Bouncing wherever I can play. <laughs> so this album is 10 tracks long and 40 minutes long. And in the 10 track list that is here, there is very little in the way of filler. Um, meaning this entire album is straight fire. <laughs> um, so, uh, what I meant by the whole metal thing was, if you're a metalhead, I mean, I know, like, hardcore metalheads are going to appreciate, like, really, really good riffing and lit guitar licks and stuff like that. The thing is, when I started listening to the first song after Tyler told me to start listening to this album, I... I, I did, and I was interested at first, for sure. Like, I, I love the chord progression of the first... It's called Crave, and I love the, the theme uh, lyrically, but instead of hitting us with a regular, like, bridge where you just sing over it and it's kind of a little long, drawn-out bridge, they hit us with a fucking metal solo on a mandolin. Or on a banjo, or whatever the fuck he was playing. I was like, holy shit! What? Wh what? what? Are you kidding me? I'm, I, I, shit you not. This guy is playing the, at the same technical ability of, like, a black death metal player would be playing. Where they're moving up and down the fucking neck, and, like, you can't see their fingers move because they're moving so fast. That's when I imagine him playing banjo is like. Like, if, for those of you who are black technical death metal fans, like, you, you know what I'm talking about. We all out here. But I am so unbelievably impressed with how good this guy is at banjo. I don't know who plays the banjo. In, who plays the banjo in this band? What was the guy's name? Mike Munford. Mike Munford. Mumford, as in Mumford and Sons? Munford. Munford, okay. Sick. Just curious, because I... Even on the first track, I was so hooked unbelievably impressed and i it's i'm not gonna say it's downhill from there because it's really not but that's one of my favorite songs on the album crave is just unbelievable and a lot of times like tyler said in bluegrass a lot of the same things pop up like it, it's bluegrass is like folk except less pliable bluegrass has more of a straight sound like on this album, you hear absolutely no drums. 
There is not a single drum in here. It is nothing but the bass, the guitar. Is there another guitar? The bass, the guitar, the banjo, and the mandolin and the dude's voice. Right? Those are the five elements in this album that does not change. But the thing about this album is despite only having four different or five different instruments, I'll call the guy's voice an instrument, it is so much more versatile than you'd hear from a lot of the things that are have the help of computer generation and computer-generated noises and stuff like that. Like, a lot of the pop stuff that you hear on the... Like, this is f far more moldable to, like... I, I don't... I, I don't how do I say it? It's, like... It's... There's so many flavors that go into it that aren't necessarily, like, a bluegrassy thing, but it still manages to stay stick its roots firmly in bluegrass, which is, like... I admire that about the band a lot. Like, the fucking metal riffing that they do. <laughs> I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but I'm just, I was just so blown away by how technically the dude could play. Oh, it's so unique. <clears throat> My voice just died. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Don't smoke, kids. It's not good for you. <laughs> Took a fat rip before we started this so this section. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I know people... I don't even know anyway. which songs to pick apart because, like... I think with the exception of... I think it was Set in Stone was the one that I felt a little less drawn to. Like it had really, like, yeah. Like I've heard it before, hmm. and it just sounded really familiar to me. But it still, is really good. Um, Lena is, I think, the sixth track. Lena is straight bluegrass, but it's still, it's still fun and upbeat. Maybe Lena's the one I'm thinking about. It's that old school kind of like the, the like normal. five different voices that like okay, you hear. Yeah. And that's yeah, Lena. Yeah. Set in Stone is way different. Yeah. So I, I don't. I mean, I don't even know. Where to go? Like Ian said, the first the first song is ridiculous. It hooks your attention, and it's a as you track. as you go looking as you go listening through these songs, it doesn't slow down enough at a point to to lose your interest. No, never. it keeps you hooked the entire time. And this being ten tracks in forty minutes, it goes by like that. Yeah, it's here it's, it's and gone. Snap and. Part of that's really sad because you want to hear more, and then another part of that is like, well, that's really, really engaging. Impressive. That's really engaging for the artist be able yeah. to have that ability over their 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 listeners and their fans. I'm I'm certainly a fan now, dude. I'm yeah. hooked. It's awesome. I love it. And I haven't actually had a chance to go back and listen to their uh, prior Previous, work, yeah. but I, I want to. I'm certainly going to. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if this is if this is a more polished version of their last album. I don't know. We'd have to see. I, I just speculation. Yeah. I have no idea, but I can certainly see them releasing that and learning from yeah. the the kinks in the album and making yeah. making this. And it's just ridiculous. I can't speak highly enough of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I think like so many of the track, it's so watertight a lot of the times with only a few minor things here and there. I want to talk about Ricky. Don't lose that number because. There are very few people in the bluegrass genre that could do a Steely Dan song justice, but they did it, and I am forever impressed. I am, I, oh my god, I, 
I was sitting there. I, I, I listened to my music in the car uh, while I'm driving, and I, I, this song came on, and I was like, it took me a second because, I mean, I recognized the first riff, but it's not played on a banjo typically. And I was, just, my mind was so confused. I was like, wait a minute. Am I getting some weird sort of deja vu here? I was like, holy shit. This is a Steely Dan song. <laughs> holy, holy crap. Oh my god. I was so happy, man. Oh my god. Oh my god. They they did a Steely Dan song in bluegrass. And they did it so well. I I that just blew me away completely. Um do you have anything to say about the fourth track, Crack and Noon? Deal. Uh, that's the instrumental track. The one there where there's like no... Um, word. I think it was like two, two, two minutes something. I don't know. Give me a second. I want to... I mean, it's kind no, of... No, it's four minutes. It's kind of straightforward. Yeah, it is kind of straightforward. So... I mean... I, we could talk a about lot it, of but... The, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there that a lot of the... I, it's bluegrass, right? But... It's so impressive. Like, the first track... A lot of the songs carry a lot of the same flavor, but they do things differently from each other. It's so hard to explain. I don't know. I don't know. You kind of have to listen for yourself, but... Like, so many of the songs... The band's technical ability never ceases to amaze me. The the singer is incredible. Um, I love his voice. And, I mean, almost every song on here is fucking fire. I think there's only, there's only like, one track that I'm going to uh, take disagreement with. And I think there are a couple of points on different tracks that I didn't particularly like. But, like, this album is... Impressive, to say the least. Do you have anything to say? You're being awful quiet. I'm just reading more about them. Oh, okay. Continue. Okay, I mean, I'm good. I, like... What I said about Crave basically applies to every single other track here, and maybe not to the extent of Crave, but, like, Crooked Eye John is a little bit more upbeat than Crave is because Crave does travel into some pretty, like... I don't want to say depressing because it's not necessarily depressing... But it's kind of depressing. I think Crave has a certain amount of energy to it, though. Yeah. It certainly does. And it's so catchy. The second time I listened through it, I was like, I need to sing to this dude. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. I think I think, I think think Crave makes contemporary bluegrass look really good. Yeah. this And, like, they show a lot of emotion through songs like My Own Way. Like, it's just, you can hear it in his voice and in the way they play. It's not a typical bluegrass style, but it's still bluegrass. I I love how rooted and at the same time versatile the band can be. It's like, it's new and it's traditional. Yeah. It's a healthy balance of both. Yeah. yeah. And they do it perfectly. That just impresses me to no end. I'm going to, I'm going to save... A little bit for the last, the last segment here. Do you have anything else to say? Do you want to just talk about the band I'm, a little bit? I'm ready to move on to the next section. Okay, all right. We'll see you there. We're, I'm, th- this isn't going to be too long, I don't think.
Let it rip. Let's go through the short, short 30 seconds of what we didn't like. Yeah, well, I, I have a little bit to say. I will say that um, perhaps sometimes the band gets off track just a bit, I would say. I'd say Crack of Noon, for being an instrumental track, it is engaging, but it's a little long-winded, and I feel like that's where... And Lena's a little long-winded as well. Wild Mustang is not long-winded, but it cuts off really short, which I wish it didn't do, but the rest of the track is so great that it kind of makes up for it. Um, the only track that I had a problem with was the close track, closing track, be sure. Um, and <sighs> this is the only track that really strikes me as unoriginal. Um, even, even Lena has, which is a straight bluegrass song, has whiffs of originality as well. I mean, it has whiffs of the band's personality and that I can appreciate, but be sure just sounds like a generic pop country song to me. Like even the, the chorus is just long winded and it's a familiar chord progression and it's not. It's not anything special whatsoever, which kind of disappointed me. It left me wanting more, for sure, uh, being the last song on the record. Maybe I see what they were going for. They wanted to leave people off on a familiar note, but were you for me, it just kind of... Like a, a like a meltdown type of thing? I don't know what I was hoping for. I could have gone for the slow and easy kind of track that they were doing with something like My Own Way or Set in Stone. Um, Set in Stone, by the way, is a fantastic track, but be sh be sure just wasn't what I was expecting. A meltdown with another another Metallica breakdown would have been great. Um, because they and they also like they switch instruments when they do like their their riffing and stuff like that. Like they'll do uh, they'll do uh, a fucking metal breakdown on a fiddle for Christ's sake. Um, but be sure just wasn't it. That wasn't where it should have been left, at least for me, because it, it just, the rest of the album is such a breath of fresh air and such, such, so full of life and so vibrant that leaving it off on this kind of, kind of was a left down. But despite that, the rest of the album is pretty much amazing so like, do you think that this is a full album do you think it's long enough it's 10 tracks in 40 minutes would you have liked to see more songs on it or do you think that it comes full circle because i what, think like what, it's always up to the artist's interpretation so i mean 10 songs in 40 minutes is a reasonable length for an album that's not what i'm saying though do you as the listener do you feel the album come from a clear start to a clear finish because what, what you're saying is that the last song being kind of lower on your chart of favorites does does the album feel complete to you does i it wish feel they had full, ended or do off you on think another it's note. missing something yeah i wish they had ended it off on a different note maybe add a final track just to leave like to, to showcase your technical ability completely like another instrumental i don't care right just, that's, i just that's, i was not i agree i did not find be sure to be an appropriate closing track that's such a like that that might sound bad but it's like a pretty minor thing when In you have when things. you have a really good album yeah you know i 
I really love when albums come full circle and it has the intro and then you know the introduction um, of a song and it gets you hooked on it and then the, the the filler in the middle is all really good and then at the end of the album there's something just ridiculous you didn't know the artist was capable of yeah that's what that's like the gold standard for me of yeah. of albums I'm thinking this is so unrelated god if the band is listening to this and be like what the hell is he talking about but i'm thinking like um vessel by 21 pilots the first song ode to sleep you're like what is this like well what is that and it's great and then you get to trees and it's like explosive and you're like i didn't know this this was possible and then it finishes off with the song truce which is like this slow little ballad it's beautiful Right, and that I feel like that is full circle from the start to the end, and the songs in between, we're not going to talk about on that album. But I'm saying that, <laughs> the, that the, that's what I look for with the, you know, it coming full circle. Yeah, no, I see what you're, I see what you're saying completely. Um, Certainly, I don't know exactly how you do that on a bluegrass album because I don't have a giant catalog of bluegrass albums that I've listened to from yeah. start to finish. I have a whole yeah. bunch of bluegrass artists i've listened to in in spurts where i get into them for a, a couple of weeks and i listen to their songs on playlists or whatever on youtube whatever yeah, but the case it, it may doesn't be. really ever stick i feel like this band has something that those other people don't where it's so for, for bluegrass it's kind of even out there and like it's it's so different that it, it does make me want to go back and listen to their other albums like for sure for, completely, I'm gonna, I'm going to do that. I can't wait for the next week. album. Seriously, and it's only been a month. <laughs> I have, no, I'm just saying, I can't wait for more music to come out. I'm super hype about it. I yeah. think it's gonna be awesome. Oh, me too. I, I, I don't have really much else to say in the way of things that I had wrong with this album. I'm, I'm ready to close. Ready it to off. close this yeah. bad boy out. Yeah. All right, I am. We'll see you in the closing segment. Um. Closing thoughts on this album. Hmm. This album was incredible. This album... Shocking. Yeah. Surprising. It was surprising. I was not... Going into this, I was just like, oh, God. Bluegrass in 2019. And it's original (laughs) bluegrass. I was like, what the hell is this going to be? And I got into the first song, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is where we're going with this. It's kind of the same feeling. It made I me had. The, the the just off the first track. It made me so happy. It made me so happy. Like listening to it, I was just like, even in my car, I was just talking out loud to myself, like, "Holy shit, holy shit, that was good." <laughs> I do that sometimes. I bet you're like, like, "Woo, yeah, woo. really, seriously, I was." But anyway, you talk about your. I was just front to back. Um, well, almost front to back, impressed with this album. No, I was just saying, like, I the that I can think of off the top of my head. The only other artist I've gone into listening with like a sort of bias in my head was uh, Zach Brown Band's debut album, The Foundation. I went into the album being like, God, I hate country. Stadium country can die. Yeah. God, I I hate it. I I hate Suck country. And I teams. went. I and and I listened to Zach Brown, and I was like, Oh. Well, this isn't normal. Ooh. This is kind of uh, against Ooh. against the grain. Ooh, ooh. Same deal here. Uh, I have. I ha- I'm. I'm. I'm not at all impartial to bluegrass. I love it. 
I I have a uh, I have a bluegrass album on vinyl titled uh, I forget what it's called, but it's my band. I'm with her. It's it's three chicks that make oh, amazing yeah. music. But I remember them. I so man, I like it enough that I got it on vinyl. So mm-hmm. that means I like every it. once in a while you'll have some gems. Yeah, come out in of... every any genre. There's yeah. always well, I mean, something there that are... can come out and be like, dude, yeah. I hate electronic music, but this smacks. This is awesome. Yeah. Or there... any genre. The thing is, there are genres that are more... Pl- and like, it, you look at the history of music. I'm going to go off on a long spiel here. I can already tell. But you look back on the like history of music and where genres started. And like... Let's just take hip-hop, for example, because hip-hop is such a free-form... Uh, it's such a f- freeform style of music, and it started off with blues roots back when there were still slaves, you know? And it started off with them singing the songs just to get them through the day. That's where hip-hop started off, that sort of soul vibe. And then it just started to evolve from there, and it got... Uh, Sectionally, it got its own sound depending on where it came out of. It, it it originated in America, of course, or in the U.S. And it started moving to its own areas of the U.S. where New York had a style, uh, Chicago had its own style, the West Coast had its own vibe. And then you had some branches off of hip-hop that just didn't last long enough because they didn't adapt like hip hop as a whole is such an adaptive genre that it stays fresh and the artists that come into it stay fresh. But then you look at different areas of the hip hop uh, world that kind of died out, like the bling era of hip hop where people were just, it was just, I have a big dick that's this fucking big mate. And I have a chain that's this fucking big mate. And that's all the bling era was. And it just died out. Same thing with crunk. Crunk did not last, Crunk lasted the 90s, and that's just about it. And it's the same with rock. I mean, rock started with the Beatles and Elvis and stuff like that. That's where it started to get mainstream, right? And then you had branches off of rock that really didn't last that long. Like, I know that people still, it's sort of post-grunge-ish, but an actual, the actual grunge era in the 90s that bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots sort of exemplified or uh 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 Pearl Pearl what is that Pearl Jam not Pearl Jam is it is it Pearl Jam I think that's the name of the band they all sort of had that grunge vibe and that sort of died out because it failed to adapt and I mean there's post grunge and stuff like that there are bands there are revivalist bands of course but it's nowhere near the mainstream like it was that that doesn't mean it has to the the genre has to be a main a mainstream hit to still be alive, but it it just it's died out. Genres have failed to comply, and bluegrass could be one of those one of those genres. I feel like uh, if it fails to evolve, um, and this album shows how it could evolve. Like bands like this that push the genre to its edges and define new edges for the genre are kind of essential to the genre's survival. You know, you get what I'm saying? Am I being way too convoluted here? No, you make sense. Okay. Okay, that's my spiel. Because I mean, like, all all the genres, and I mean, all of them fit into their own categories, and a lot of genres do better than other genres. And I mean, uh, fucking disco died out in the 60s. You know what? Or died out in the 70s, whenever it died. 
And I mean, there are revivalists that still have like flavors of disco, but you don't you don't see it anywhere. You know what I can't stand right now? What the alternative genre as a whole? The it's alternative genre so, is having such an identity crisis right so now. So congested, and there's so Everything many albums sounds that same. are praised exactly that are so similar, and they're so. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, I can see the alternative genre becoming the next country, like stadium country. Not saying that there aren't good country I, albums because, like, I hope not, man. That I started listening so to Brandy Carlisle for country music, and yeah. some of her stuff's good. Like, yeah. that's some some good country exactly. right there. Like, and I mean, there's always going to be things in the genre that sort of bring it down and drag it down and water it down to its barest of essence, and it does well for whatever reason. But then there are always going to be bands like this, Frank Sullivan and the Dirty Kitchen, and they'll push the boundaries of what you think the genre can be, and that's such a beautiful thing in music to me. You get what I'm saying? There are no limits. Yeah, absolutely. Make what you want to make. My overall on this album was that I loved it. I'd probably give it the biggest of eights to a straight nine. How about you? Really? Yeah. I'd give it a mid-eight. Mid eight. I loved this album to de- maybe it's a little bit biased just because I loved so much of the material on here and the last song was eh, but so much of the songs on here were just so good. It was so and, strong. Yeah. so impressive. I, I'm sticking with that big eight to a nine. We've had some really good albums lately. Yeah, reviewing, Mint. talking about. Go listen to that podcast, by the way, if you haven't already. What? Mint. Ooh, it's that's, that's a good. Good album. Yeah. What are some of the other... I can't remember. Anyway. Well, I mean, yeah. I meant ones that have... Well, we've... Never mind. That will have come out by the time this podcast comes out. I'd, I'm just so all over the place because, like, I mean, we have school happening and I'm just so jumbled up. We both had an exam today. Fuck my life. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I so killed it. I yeah. know it. I, yeah. I, th- I think pretty much this always happens when I send in a test. It comes back and it's like, oh, that was stupid. Yeah. I know that's not how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So there's always like two, three, four points out of 100 where I'm just like, yep, I didn't write meters. I wrote feet, <laughs> you know, or it's just right. something stupid. Yeah. So, But this is one of those ones where you feel like you did good. I feel like I did well. I'm just Sick. waiting for what stupid mistakes I'm in. That's what I'm saying. That's always kind of what kills you. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this part. Do you have anything else to say? Are we good? No. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please go show the band some love. Go download the album. Again, it's called Can't Take or Can't Stand the Heat. Is it Can't Take or Can't Stand? If you can't can't stand the heat by Frank Sullivan and the Dirty Kitchen, fantastic bluegrass album. Um, Yeah, go show the band some love. Go... Follow them on Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram, whatever you feel like doing. Um, They're at FSDK Band uh-huh. on Instagram. They have f- 636 followers. Hop on the bandwagon while they're still small. But Yeah, they post some ridiculous videos of them playing music, so certainly... Certainly, certainly worthwhile following them. Um, go leave us a comment on what albums you think we should review next. Always happy to hear your opinions, of course, as always. And we will see you... Same time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard, Friday, next week. Uh, As long as a hurricane doesn't hit in inner Maryland and we don't all die, we'll be back. Um, 
Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. Have a good week.